Hello, gentlemen. Hello, sir. How you doing? What day is this? About that time again. <laughs> yeah, about that time Dude, of for, year. Honestly, for this, for the last week, I have not had any grasp of time. Like, I, I've kept thinking that it's a day later than it has been, you know, yeah. which is always a bummer because you think, like, tomorrow's Friday, but it's actually only Thursday. And Right. <sighs> but I, I hate that. I think Especially we talked have about a hard time with that. <laughs> even, yeah. even before the pandemic, I struggled <laughs> to know what day it was. Right. <laughs> have we uh, have we talked about how it gets dark yet? We should. It's terrible. I hate that. <laughs> I saw. I mean, I saw some uh, this video. This guy on Instagram, the Oh You Betcha guy. Have you guys seen his videos? No. <clears throat> Basically, his whole channel is making fun of Midwestern mannerisms and stuff. <laughs> and one of them was like, uh, the only conversation you have with your coworkers for the next six months is like, all right, yeah, see you later. And then he walks outside. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's so dark out already. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what Midwesterners do now. We All we talk about is, oh, man, I just wish it didn't get so dark so soon. But yep. That and the weather. I don't know why those are our defaults here. Well, it's because we're uncomfortable talking about anything other than those two things. Mm-hmm. That's true. How you guys been? How's your week going? Going good. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited that I get to see you guys soon, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to that. Um, other than that, we're working on some new music right now. Got a single that's cooking up so gonna kind of put the finishing touches on that right brother yeah yeah it'll be fun we uh we just did the live stream last weekend which was a lot of fun and uh just kind of refreshing to get back into that headspace a little bit it's definitely not like playing live you know at all but it was cool to do like a meet and greet before and be able to kind of interact with people again um but for me, that felt really good to kind of, I don't know, just recalibrate back into that a little bit, kind of into that mode. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're really excited to be working on some new stuff finally. And just feels good to kind of, you know, this year's been, for everybody, it's been a lot of different things. And I think for me in particular, this year's kind of been all over the place in terms of like, it feels overwhelming the amount of things that need accomplished. But then, you know, I approach the day and I'm like trying to, I feel like I'm trying to find stuff to do once in a while. Mm. Mm-hmm. Creatively, it's been tough. Um, staring at the same four walls all the time. So just try to get outside <laughs> and do things to get inspiration. Yeah. You probably run into that too, Jake, with, yeah. with stuff, just kind of being stuck at the computer all day. It's like, your yeah, brain man, I, I try to keep my room like at least semi looking around here, like at least sort of, uh, inspiring, but recently like, because I use the same room for my daily work as I do for these podcasts that I do. So it kind of takes multiple forms depending on what time of day it is. So right now I've got like blankets all over because I hang up blankets for noise dampening, which I actually forgot to do today, so that'll be fun. Um, but then like when I'm not 
when I'm not doing a podcast, I usually just like put all that stuff on the back wall and I've been going yeah. in and out of the office lately. So my work backpack is just like on the floor and my gym bag is on the floor and it doesn't even belong in here. So yeah, I can definitely tell like what kind of headspace I'm in based on how my workspace looks. And if it looks like I'm not really caring, it's because I'm in like a very melancholic sort of, I don't want to do anything headspace. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, which is a bummer, but. I think the in between the holidays, this kind of happens to people. And especially mm. right now, just with the way it is, you know, it's super strange. And I think you, you know, you get so filled up by family time, like especially when you see ones that you haven't seen in a long time. And it sort of feels like there's this gap right now. And to me, right. I don't know how you guys feel, but Thanksgiving sort of feels like it didn't happen. Almost. Yeah, that's, ah. I I definitely didn't feel like my Thanksgiving this year was real. Yeah. It's Even though weird. like, I mean, I went home and I saw all the same people that I normally see, but we did masks while we were inside, except for when we were eating. And then while we were eating, we were sitting really separated, right? All right. Which I'm not saying we shouldn't have done any of that, but it definitely affects the mood a little bit. Yeah. Like you can never really just take a deep breath and relax. I feel like if we had, if we had all been isolated previous to that, then it would have been a lot better. But my mom is a nurse, so she sees people all the time. My dad works out in public, so he sees people all the time. So I was really the one that is ice was the most isolated, but even then I'm still going to the gym or whatever. So I had to be careful as well. So yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just weird, but I don't know. I think there's something about being able to still have a little bit of a life, but being cautious about it. And I think a lot of us kind of think either someone believes this is all a hoax or someone thinks it's going to kill us all, Yeah, you know? And I really think there's a way to still to eat at a restaurant, to... You know, mm-hmm. I want to be careful what I say because I, I think this comes down to individual people feeling differently about it, which can be dangerous. Right. <laughs> but Well, it also comes down just to individual circumstance. Like there is no right. one size fits all because some people, you know, they see vulnerable demographics more often than others. Like myself, I'm, I work from home. I'm super isolated. The only people I see are the people at the gym. And right. so I feel, I feel pretty confident in being able to go out and about, and I still wear my mask. Like, I think you can take it seriously without it, like ruining your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think I so too. I think I'm really looking forward to Christmas because I love giving gifts. That's, do you guys talk about love languages at all when you, yeah. do you think about, I don't, I think it's a thing. I'm not big into all of those, um, you fit into a perfect code and you know, you're a certain right. letter or number, but I do think sometimes I read them and I feel very understood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, I love giving gifts to people and mm. actually one of my love languages is getting them. And it's so mm. weird because all of the people that I know that are close to me, that's just a thing we do. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because of me. I I probably like initiated it with most everybody I know. But I, um, my wife knows that it's my love language. So 
she knows that I'll want to be telling her what I want for Christmas in like November. Yeah. So she'll hold off on asking me until later because she she wants me to tell her before she asks me so that she can say, all you care about is the presents. <laughs> but maybe that's yeah. kind of true. That's what Christmas is about anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's all Wait. about getting gifts. Oh, well, maybe that's not what the Grinch was trying to say. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. I had never I had never considered what your your love language is. Yeah, honestly, that that could be a really good conversation. Um I I guess I think it's important to know even in the workplace, you know, you feel like if you knew somebody in the way they responded to gifts or responded to your language or whatever, mm-hmm. you could really communicate some really well with people. You can yeah. just you can just see somebody light up when you do that thing they like. Right. You know? Right. And we're pretty yeah. simple at the end of the day. It's like Yeah. Gifts are not my thing, dude. Like I enjoy I like getting things as much as the next guy, but I have a lot of anxiety around the idea of gifts because <laughs> I have this thing and I, I don't know. I don't know if we want to talk about this for the whole time, but let's do it. I have this thing, um, like part of me always feels like the act of someone giving you a gift is ha- like more about them than it is about me actually like getting something I like. Oh. So I feel like when you get gifts, um, I'm just my personality. I'm not very animated just in general. And I don't get like super visibly excited about things. Um, so when I get a gift and I open it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I say it just like that with a pretty straight <laughs> face. Like, that doesn't change the way I feel about it, but that's not the reaction that the person who gave it to right, me wanted. Right, right. You know, like they were <laughs> expecting go this. The roof. Yeah, they were expecting this payoff because they want to feel, they want to feel like their action of giving the gift was uh, worthwhile or, or whatever. So it's this weird, right. this weird transaction. Like I love giving gifts if they're, if there's something that I can think of that I know the person would really like. But I think mm-hmm. it's kind of weird how we put ourselves through so much stress of like, well, I have to get this person a gift and what am I going to get? And you like, you have to go through and bend over backwards to think of what you're going to get people for, for gifts. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like if you can't think of something right off the top of your head that, you know, they either really want or really need, then maybe if they're not like super close to you, then you don't really have to worry about getting them like gift card is fine. You know, I've never been mad about a gift card. So I know, I know there's nothing wrong with just giving. I know people always say, sometimes people say they want a personalized gift or something, but I don't know if anybody's been mad to just get like cash, you know, just yeah. <laughs> get what you want or you can go yeah. eat with it or right. buy a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. I mean, I love getting gifts. Like my love language is really more um, like acts of service. So when I think of the time that someone took to pick something out for me, that's where I get like filled up. Not necessarily yeah. the thing that I received. Yeah. Especially if it's something super thoughtful, I don't think, oh, they just remembered that. Like to me, that's because the way my brain works is so focused around like mental bandwidth and like prioritizing my time or whatever. Um, I know not everyone is like that, but I interpret actions through that lens. So I think, yeah. oh, they spent a lot of time on thinking of me. 
um, mm-hmm. which is usually what I appreciate more than whatever the little the trinket or whatever they gave me was. So yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into gift giving and getting, and it probably encompasses a lot of the love languages. To be honest, you know, right. it, there's certain parts of it. You know, because if I think about my wife being thoughtful about what she's getting me and you know doing something personal that means a lot to me you know mm-hmm. am i going to be mad that she didn't get me a nintendo switch no you know what i mean <laughs> i mean i could yeah i'll just buy that myself but right. you know what i mean it's just one of those i would rather have a like a thoughtful gift than hopefully she doesn't a gift for to the this. sake of getting a gift though <laughs> yeah. what about you brother what's your love language Honestly, I have no idea. I think <laughs> no maybe one that does. says something. <laughs> maybe that says something. Maybe I have a. I honestly do think I have a hard time uh, receiving things, and so I feel mm. a lot of times if I'm if I'm given something, I immediately feel uh, like kind of. I don't know if guilt's the right word, but um, a little bit like indebted in a way or yep. undeserving or just kind of like yeah. I'm not that important so why would somebody go out of their way to to do this you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then maybe mm-hmm. it puts the other side of it is maybe I then start to think well shit I need to get something that's going to match whatever the caliber of that thing that was given to me <laughs> is you know so now I have to give back yeah. to that not just price wise but like in the way that it was meaningful um, I'm right. pretty sentimental though. So I think I'm not really into like, you know, just cause something was expensive, you know, the amount of money spent on a gift doesn't equate to the amount that that person means. Um, right. in my eyes, it's more about kind of like Jake said, like the, the value behind like the time and the sentiment of the actual item. Um, but I think it's tough cause like as you guys were talking, I was just thinking, I wonder if like, do you guys think that your upbringing or like your, just how you grew up and the influences that you had affect your love languages? Like, do you, or is that something that's innate? Like, does each person have that kind of from birth or is that influenced by your surroundings? Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of feel like it's just specific to the person because my family has always been very into gifts. Like, and I, I used to be way more animated about the things that I received as a kid, you know, because I'm a kid, but like my sister and I had essentially the same upbringing and she is super into giving and receiving gifts. And it's mm-hmm. not one of my top three you know, ways that I show or, or receive affection. So mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I, I, I do think it's pretty specific. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it, for me, I think my love language was born out of the fact that when we first started celebrating Christmas and I remember it, um, mom and dad didn't have much, you know? They kind of came from nothing. And yeah. so I kind of associate a gift with, like, just good times and that things are going better and you know mm. I don't know I, I guess if I if I boil it down and if I take the item itself away I think the feeling that I'm left with is kind of like alright everything's cool right now even if it's just right. for this moment that we got each other these things and mm. you know um, 
it does, you know, and, and I could say the same about everybody in my life that I know that we get gifts and give them is no one expects anything and no one would, yeah. there's not one person I know and love that would be like, Hey, where's my present? You know? <laughs> yeah. Those so are I the think, people that I choose to surround myself yeah, with. <laughs> exactly. I love I think, gifts and I'm not even that way. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think it's hard um, for me to affectionately explain my feelings you know, so mm. I think it's easier for me to get a gift because mm-hmm. that's kind of my my way of showing appreciation or doing something um, for that person. I think that for me, it seems, and maybe it's a cop out. Maybe that means I need to work on my uh, my vulnerability in my words. But I think for me, I for some reason I associate that I did something or that I'm helping out or that I you know, I was the one that gave the gift to kind of show that appreciation Mm. or affection for somebody. Um, but I'm working on it, you know, this whole year I've tried to be better about journaling and like actually thinking about why I feel the way I feel rather than just, you know, you get upset as a kid and you just throw fit and you don't really talk about it. (laughs) You beat the shit out of your pillow and go to root. What do you mean as a kid? Yeah, this is, I don't still, how I, this is still how I choose to handle my issues, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't think except I for I go to the either. gym. I go to the gym instead of wailing away on my pillow. I just exactly. go throw heavy Aggression. weights around. Yeah, you just add resistance to the you. punch rather than actually yeah, exactly. hitting the wall. Blind you know, rage is is respect a love language? Is it? Is there something like that? Because I would say you know not to dig into Nick too much, but if he doesn't know what his love language is, I think we should spend the rest of this episode freaking out. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> just kidding. I, mean, I know it. I know it. <laughs> just kidding. No, respect's huge. I think that, what is it? Uh, I think love and respect kind of go hand in hand. Um, but honestly, I, at the end of the day, I think I would rather feel the respect from somebody than like the warm, fuzzy feelings of, of uh, mm. appreciation. Yeah, maybe that's a little bit messed up. Cause yeah, I, it is. I do have feelings. I do have a heart, I think. But we I don't talk think it's about messed that. up. Yeah, Nick and I, I talk about that. We say... I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way, not to cut you off, but mm. I just while this is fresh in my head, like I kind of feel like the warm, fuzzy feelings that are... Like you think of like a, a romantic relationship or something, like the heat kind of goes away at a certain point, you know, or even like new friendships, like they're exciting at first or whatever, but then you're kind of left with this person, you know, in their purest form. Right. And if you don't respect them, then, you know, there's not much (laughs) left to that. Yeah. You know, like the, I kind of feel, I mean, this has actually ruined a number of relationships for me, but (laughs) I, uh, I get pretty, I don't want to say scared, but um, I'm careful to really dive into like feelings too much because I know that they're fleeting. And mm-hmm. this is a, it's a hard thing for me to explain and not sound like a sociopath because like just, I, I feel like most people just don't feel that way, but I try to be a little bit too logical about relationships most of the time and make sure that things make sense and that like I'm choosing 
to be there because that's what I want, not because like this uh, chemical release in my brain is telling me that that's what I should do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a hard time as a kid um, expressing my feelings. And I think I would gravitate towards just trying to use my brain instead of my heart. And then that's when music kind of came into play. Um, Mm. It's really been the only constant for me that I've felt like I can actually fully express how I feel in a safe Mm. realm. Like for me to write a song and then release it is kind of a, a vehicle for that. But I've learned that it can't be the only time, you know, that you express that to people that you love and care about. And that's been a big challenge for me, but without music, I think I'd really have a hard time even listening to a song. You know, you guys know how it is to like hear a song and put yourself in that place and relate to it. But to Mm. be able to write it too is kind of like, uh, explaining with a, a greater magnitude of like, you have this, instrumental piece behind it so it kind of like drives your feelings a little bit you know minor chords versus major chords depends how sad you are (laughs) wouldn't it uh, i just had this thought of if any time you wanted to convey how you felt you just texted someone a spotify link (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) i'm gonna start doing (laughs) either of your of a song you wrote or of a song that you're relating to at the time and just (laughs) let them decrypt it Everybody, your challenge yes. before we talk to you again or before we ask you questions on Instagram is to have you talk to your best friend via Spotify. You could even use whole playlists. Yeah. And just uh, ask, you could ask each other questions, say how you're <laughs> feeling, and then you have to screenshot the conversation. That would be really yep. funny. That'd be I think we're going to do, do that too. I think we need to put this on our story on Instagram after this and say, if you could describe your current mood with one link, with one Spotify song, like mm. a song from Spotify, ah. what would it be? And then send this us that song. You, know? you could do that with so many things. You could say, yeah. describe your mood with a picture, describe your mood yeah. with a song. That'd be fun. Mm. I, I like think maybe idea. we can make this a routine, you know? Like we a should. weekly, uh, a weekly, or maybe maybe monthly. I hate committing to yeah, things yeah. too regularly. Too. There's a lot let's, of pressure. Let's what about <laughs> what about Monday? <laughs> oh, I, I have a great idea though. What about okay, Monday what's your, what's mood? Monday Ooh, mood. Oh, okay. Monday yeah, mood. Then, like the alliteration. All right, bro. All right, we're we're done here. Let's go do that. You got it. And we're uh, <laughs> disclaimer. Just for my own anxiety, we're not committing to this. Like, no, if, we're not. if we if we miss a week, then. You know, something else is more important, or we just well, we didn't say every Monday. We just said Monday, so it could be true. Just, you know, whenever Monday true. we want. Man, like I, a, love, I love loopholes. Like a sixty percent committal here. Yeah, to this idea, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, kind of wanted to kind of wanted to switch gears. I didn't I didn't plan on talking about love languages for that long, but that's a that's mm-hmm. a really good conversation actually. Uh, uh, it's interesting. I think it's interesting to know like just the way that you feel about things and understand how you work in general and be self-aware. But Mm -hmm. uh, something that I've been chewing on quite a bit in my own personal life lately that I kind of wanted to, because these are conversations that, you know, normally we just have off the air. I wanted to kind of digest this with you guys and kind of process it a little bit. 
in real time so our listeners can see how our brains operate. Um, but I've been, I've been having this thought lately about the difference between um, dreams and goals or if the two things... If the two things, one necessitates another or how they're related, Um, because I feel like um, even just the three of us and the conversations we have, we've we've alluded to a couple times that we have a lot of plates spinning and things that we're working on, um, like podcast and music stuff and just some some other endeavors that we work on together. And I think the three of us together, we all kind of have big big dreams for where like we want our life to go. Um, and I'm pausing because I'm like trying to think of my next words here. <laughs> Cause I am truly <laughs> just like <laughs> working this out on the spot. Um, I guess I've just been trying to figure out, I've always been very, a big dreamer, but I've also been really goal oriented. And lately I've found that the big dreams that I have for my life are causing me a lot of anxiety and unrest in the place that I am in right now um, because they seem so far away and so lofty and something that I feel like is there's like no way that it could happen. Right. So Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to get your guys' takes on if there, if there is any sort of difference between like setting a, a goal and set it or, and just, having a big dream, you know, that may or may not happen. Mm. That's interesting. I think, uh, I think having a dream and a goal could definitely coincide, but I think they're two very different things. Mm. Um, I think the dream to me is the end goal. Um, and then when I think of goals, I think of like the steps to get to that dream. Mm. Um, I have a really hard time with the goal piece, the like taking the steps to the dream. Um, you can ask Tyler even just, I'm very vision oriented on like the big picture, um, almost kind of almost unrealistic expectations at times. And I sometimes have to be brought back down to the ground and and into reality a little bit. Um, but I think having both, is important and I think that when you're dreaming about something it's like wrapped up into a lot of things um could be wrapped up into desire um or like what you're passionate about um what brings you joy what just fulfills you brings you contentment um but it could also be along the lines of like how you help other people or you or you benefit other people um it's like service or ways that you can kind of uh, support other people. And I think Mm. that it's kind of broad to me when I think about the dream side, you know, relating it to like myself with music. Um, I think there's just so many different aspects that you, that you can kind of, what I'm trying to say is like, if you think about a dream Um, somebody asks you what's your dream and you say you know I want to do x y and z with my life Mm -hmm. a lot of times people will say that's their dream but they won't have any idea how to get to that place right Um, so I think that's where the goals come in and I think the goal piece is really tough for some people um, speaking for myself just because 
a lot of it involves the shit work, the things you don't want to do to do right. the thing that you want to do. Um, I didn't make that up. I stole that from somebody, but <laughs> <laughs> it's on a bumper sticker somewhere for sure. Yeah. So for me, when I think about dreams and goals, I do think they're different, but I think that they, I don't think you can necessarily attain your dream without goals. And I don't think that, you know, you can just remove one of them and be a hundred percent successful. Um, right. But I guess if you had goals in place, what are those goals going towards? If you removed the dream from that situation, mm. um, because to me, goals build towards it. I think for dreams, most people will never really have a plan or a, a rule book or guidelines to get there. I think a lot of people hear that word and they get overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. by the thought of it. And I mean, I know I did. If if I just if I said music was my dream, which I still feel like it is, you know, it's all I think about all the time. I, I feel like the reason that it has been possible for us to get closer to whatever we thought was the dream, you know, doing music is because of the goals that we set. And like Nick was saying, he was so much better at laying those out, even if they seemed kind of lofty or unrealistic at times. And the hardest part about being someone who has those big dreams and goals is having friends that, uh, like me that are really realistic and Mm. tend to bring them down without even meaning to bring them down. I'm definitely like a micro goal person. So I'm talking like get up and brush my teeth first thing and then, go from there but I think a lot of people think towards the main idea of their day and you guys could tell me if you're different you might be the main idea or the main chunk of their day that they need to work through or get done if they're thinking about it the night before and then they work back from that mm-hmm. but um, you know we talk about all the time our personality differences but I really think I get up in the morning and just kind of push through my checklist until I have, it takes a lot of mental capacity and a lot of bandwidth for me to do things like we're doing right now. And I know yeah. that people might say, what the hell, man, you talk all the time. You talk on stage and, you know, I like to think I'm a pretty friendly guy. But this is a completely different wheelhouse for my brain because I am, I care about this so much that it adds a physical and mental intensity to, mm. to it. And so those micro goals don't do that to me. I can go through most of my day knocking off a checklist without getting worn out at all. Yeah, and right. There's things in half the time that I would do. <laughs> half is good and half the time. That's my, <laughs> my motto. No, but if I get all those things done, I'm, I'm fresh. Like I can go all day like I did today knowing that we're going to get on the the pod tonight or if we're nick and i are going to intentionally write music or record something Mm. i can do everything to get to that point but that thing that i do blows me out so i think it's weird those micro goals for me personally is what makes the dream happen and i don't respond well to um 
I'd say maybe there's like three sides of goals, right? So if your goal is to be Justin Bieber, uh, your ultimate dream, I mean, mm. is to be mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, then maybe in between there's medium goals. Like you would say, oh, in five years, if I seriously want to be as big as Justin Bieber, I probably need to be at this point. Yeah. Right? And then there's the other goals that are like, what am I going to do every day and every week until that point to make that happen? And right. I... All of my focus falls on the far left side of that. What can we do every single day to make this go? Because I'm all about the long game. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with just chipping away at that bad boy until it comes down. Because that's an old way of doing it, and you got it. You have to adjust. Can't just mm-hmm. be that. You know, if but, it was just me that, doing this without you guys, music or podcasting, nothing would ever happen. Because I would yeah. just do the same thing every day, waiting for it to chisel down. You know. But you mm-hmm. have my perseverance. I'm giving mm-hmm. you guys that forever. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, it kind of boils down to how you define success, too. Because if success to you is being as big as Justin Bieber, then, you know, what does that actually entail? Does that mean having a house like he has, having as many cars as he has? Yeah. You know, or, or what does that mean? Your checkbook, you have a certain amount of commas in your bank account. Like what does it equate to money? Does it equate to happiness? Does it equate to where you're where you're living, who you live with, mm. lifestyle? You like I think there's so many different things that could be wrapped up into what success is, and that's why it's hard to define. Um, you know how it is being out on the road. You know when we're all out on the road together, um, and you encounter people. Sometimes along the way, they'll say, you know, like they'll make a comment, and they'll mean they'll mean it to be from a place of, of, uh, of love. But I think sometimes you take it wrong. Like thinking you're suddenly comparing yourself to all these people or other artists or venues or just whatever it is that you're comparing yourself to. And then I think sometimes you lose sight of actually what you define success as. And for each person, I think it's different, but, um, I'm not trying to knock what you said, bro. Cause I think you made a good point about there being different levels of what you aspire to be. But, um, Mm. but I think it is something I think about a lot is what it, what is success? Like, is that paying your bills, playing music and, uh, isn't that self-defined though? I mean, I think it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, they always say money doesn't buy happiness, but I get, I get happy if I got a new guitar, you know, and that takes money. Yeah. So, it's kind of a Money weird thing. Money doesn't buy happiness, but uh, can buy a things big, that make you happy. Mm-hmm. A big driver for me behind most of what I do is like health security and being in the U.S. where it costs you a lot of money to fall off a ladder, you know, type of <laughs> right. thing. That's a pretty That's expensive a big deal action, yeah. <laughs> and um, I that kind of, that drives a lot of the idea that I would be able to put a family member through cancer treatments or anything like that. I mean, to me, that feels really good, but I would be lying if I said I didn't want sweet cars and, you know, five car garage. I mean, it would be so cool. Who, who? Right. I don't think that makes you a bad person to want those things. No, No, I'm just a bad person because I am. (laughs) (laughs) That alone is not why you're a bad person. We could do a whole episode about why you're a bad person. Yeah. Next episode, why Tyler. I just have to interject. I have to say something um, 
just to make a make a point about what you just said, bro. I think a lot of times um, when people will write a message, they'll send us a DM, they'll write us an email, they'll get in touch with us somehow to tell us how a song has impacted them or um, just how the music has maybe shaped something or made them realize something or helped them through a tough time. Um, I think those things are part of the part of the goals like as we're building towards this thing like Jake was saying like the dream and the goals I think those things kind of encourage along the way they kind of help uh, put wind in the sails so to speak like we say and remind you that what you're doing is actually making a difference Mm. Um, and when those things happen whether it's whether it's in that capacity or if you know Jake, you probably see that at work if you're working on a team project or a group project and people uh, point out something that you did well or, you know, something that you're doing that's really driving something that you're creating or an idea that gets validated. You know, I think it's those little things make a huge difference in the long run and they are part of the long game. And I think sometimes we take those for granted um, and get caught up in the in the bigger picture. At least mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop and remind myself that those little things are actually part of a bigger thing than I realize at times. But we always appreciate that when people do that. And that's, it just, like, it means more than, than they could probably ever know when they do say that. Yeah. Do you have milestones, Jake, in work, in life? Yeah. I mean, every year at, at work, we're, I don't want to say required, but required to like officially <laughs> officially set goals for the year. And for some reason, like for being as goal driven as I've been my entire life, I have a really hard time thinking of goals for those because the only thing I can really think of is just like specific project related goals, things that are really um, tangible, like you know for sure if you accomplished them or not. But I feel like in my personal life, I tend to be more of a dreamer and that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from because I have a hard time taking this grand idea from what I interpret to be like I don't know 10 or 15 years down the road and work backwards to like what could I be doing right now to make that happen and sometimes I spend so much time thinking about that that I just feel like I'm wasting my life (laughs) you know like uh I feel like I'm not really doing anything right now to make that happen. And then I, I get stuck in this like feedback loop of like, well, what could I do? You're not doing anything. And I get analysis paralysis, I guess. And <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't know. Like I've been just lately, I've been kind of, I don't want to say aggressively unhappy, but that's what I, kind of the phrase that I've been throwing around to you guys when I'm texting you offline, just kind of sarcastically. But for some reason lately, I've just, all I can think about is what I want down the line, mm-hmm. like what I want my life to look like mm-hmm. down the line and being, um, just feeling really impatient about it and wondering if what I'm doing right now is setting me up for that. But then I've also been thinking a lot lately about like when I was in high school and how nice it was to just be in high school. And yeah. I'm afraid that right now I'm spending so much time worrying about all these dreams and goals that I have that I'm squandering like my 20s, (laughs) some of the best years probably of my life or something. Um, 
But I wanted to I wanted to touch back on something uh, one of you said about how we define success. Like one of the things that I do it doesn't happen so much anymore because I never leave my apartment except for to go to the gym across the street. But <laughs> the, the last couple of weeks I, I've been in and out of the office a couple times and my route to work always takes me through one of two, depending on which way I go. Um, super affluent neighborhoods, like just gigantic, super nice houses. And there's this one house that I drive by every day. And every time I drive by it, I say, man, I just want a house like that. That's the house that I want. And I'm, I know what I'm doing and it's terrible because what's going to happen is eventually someday I'm going to have a house just like that. But given my tendency of putting these dreams and aspirations on such a high pedestal, I'm going to get there and be like, so what's next? Or so this is it, you know, now I don't feel happy that I have this thing. So I guess maybe my current unrest is more a function of like needing to find other sources of happiness than just pay off of achieving goals. But yeah, I get that. I think the current situation in the world makes it tough too. Um, it feels like a lot of things get limited or cut short or just, you know, thinking about traveling places or just doing things becomes a lot more tough than it should be. Mm -hmm. Like the simple things become difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so like thinking about ways to kind of find happiness or get out and just find like a piece of joy, you know, that was easier to do before, whether it's going to the bar with friends and having a drink or right. just, you know, going somewhere and doing something that just seemingly is tough right now. Well, mm-hmm. I think those things are important to do. So it's definitely tough right now. Like, yeah, I mean, do you feel like when you when you are driving and you see that house, do you feel like it's a do you feel like it's a thing where you're doing everything you can to get that house or is it just like part of part of the overall dream, part of the overall goal? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's where some of the anxiety comes from because I start to analyze everything I'm doing right now and wondering if what I'm doing is setting me up to get to that goal. But then mm-hmm. like, I, I hope that I have more depth than just to say the only goal I have is to have that house. Cause I could put myself in an insane amount of debt and be house poor and have a really nice house right now, you know, but which is what most people do. Right. But I, th- I mean, I think, I think it's just a small piece of the overall picture that I'm painting in my head of, yeah. Um, this, it's like the this setting life. for right. that life you would have. Right. Yeah. I, I I think that's okay. And I think along the lines of what you were saying about you've been aggressively unhappy because you're thinking about the things you want that you don't have. Mm. You know, we always make a joke about how the three of us kind of seem to, we're kind of down at the same time when we're down. Yeah. <laughs> like it'd be nice if one or two of us was like, let's go, brother. Keep moving, you know, but we always kind of seem to knock our own heads around and, you know, but I think those goals are the only thing you really have to push you towards that dream. And I really think the only way that you can get close to having that dream that you have 
you know, like the house is just the setting for the dream. But right. It's well, there's so many things to it too, like, you know, f- the family and friends that surround you, um, that kind of help you try to drive towards that goal. Um, I think just bouncing ideas off of friends or just shooting the shit, you know, feeling like you're kind of in the same trenches with each other um, mm-hmm. at times, I think really helps kind of work towards that stuff too. Uh, mm-hmm. Element of faith, you know, like what you believe, why you believe it. If that's something that um, that you choose to believe and why that might affect your goals and maybe play a role in how you cope or deal with it along the way. There's just like, when you said dreams versus goals, my mind started going crazy and I feel like I'm all over the place because I'm thinking about <laughs> so many things that, hey, man. Yeah, that are a part of it. And it's, you, it's really cool to think about it and pick it apart. So I love this. Do you guys, um, do you guys believe in luck along the way? I know that's kind of loaded. Oh man, I, dude, I used to have such a well-formulated opinion of luck, um, <laughs> but I am not going to be able to put it together right now. Um, I always, I always used to think that luck was just a cop out. Um, people would say, I think I believe in good fortune and I think some people catch breaks that other people don't just, you know, the probability of life basically. But Mm -hmm. I think, um, a lot of people use this idea of luck as a scapegoat for their own misfortune or their own, um, bad habits, you know, um, like I'm unlucky you're saying, right. I would say. Yeah, or they say, that guy just has that because he's lucky. But in reality, you have no idea. Like, I used to have this friend that we would drive around together or whatever, um, and we'd pass a guy, like, driving a Lamborghini or driving a Corvette or something. Yeah. And his default reaction would be, I bet that guy's a dick just because he has a nice car, right? (laughs) And so he's one of these people that thinks that every nice thing that someone has is handed to him. Like... There's a fair amount of just old money where we live. And, you know, there's a, there's, you know, everybody knows a trust fund kid that just has really nice things, which honestly, I feel a certain way about just uh, making people feel bad about being fortunate and like being born into a good bloodline. Like they didn't choose that. So like, (laughs) I mean, I can, can I just say that if I get that, I want to give my kid that. Right. Like, is that such a bad thing? It's like, it's like being, teach him to appreciate it. Yeah. It's like being mad at the kid for getting a gift from his parents. I mean, there's a difference between being like stuck up and just knowing, like being appreciative of what you have. But yeah, um, I think when I was in college, I, I don't know if it was a TED Talk or a podcast or whatever it was, but um, a lot of people, it that, that's what inspired this kind of mindset of mine. But a lot of people use luck as an excuse to not work or not put in the time of accomplishing or setting goals even. It does kind of come full circle. But um, really what you should do is spend your time always being prepared for one, a good opportunity, a lucky opportunity comes along. Because um, the way that whoever inspired me to think this way phrased it, I wish I could remember, but he said that um, we probably are exposed to a lot more lucky situations than we realize but if we don't if we're not prepared to seize those opportunities then 
they'll just pass by as fleeting moments and you won't really even recognize it as something you could have taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has always kind of resonated with me. And I think that is why I always am wondering, like, what am I doing right now that could (laughs) prepare me for when that that break comes along? And I don't know. You feel like you're looking over your shoulder a lot, waiting for that opportunity or that door to open. Kind of, yeah. And I, I think just the way that my brain works is I always take things like this too far. Like I, I spend every day being like, all right, is, is this going to be the day that I finally get a chance to like do something great or whatever? Um, yeah. but really I think there's probably more value to just keeping your head down and plugging away. And if the thing never comes then it never comes, but if it does come, you at least know that you were ready for it. But yeah. What yeah. about, what do you think about luck and fortune? I think I think I heard once that you make your own luck, and I've kind of stuck with that in my head. And right. to me, that doesn't even really have anything to do with luck. That kind of just means, you know. Well, that's probably a island, way more succinct way of saying what I just spent five minutes saying. <laughs> if I'm on an island, stranded, and a boat is going by, I don't think I'm lucky that the boat's going by i think that boat was gonna go by yeah and i had to do something about it you know even the people that win the lottery they have to buy a ticket and scratch right you know it's like i i like what you said about your friend you know um you know that he he might say that guy's just lucky or whatever you know he doesn't think how hard maybe that guy did work or Maybe he did inherit all of his money, but he's super smart with it, and maybe he right. gives it all away. I don't know. Anyway, I think there's something to luck and still applying your head down mentality and and taking those breaks, like you said in the beginning when we first touched on this, like oh, moving towards your goal. But if you see an open window or an open door that leads to something great on the way, then you got to take it. And you could, I guess you could consider that lucky. You know, I, I see a lot of like famous comedians or actors, musicians, they'll sit down for like a late night show. And a lot of them say, I just got really lucky. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there's some that you're like, man, he busted his tail all the way there. Mm -hmm. But I hear that a lot. And I always think we probably shouldn't be telling people that. Like, we should probably just be telling people. And I think it's kind of cool when an actor or whatever will say, I don't know how to get anyone to this point because my life was a series of, like, fortunate events. You know, and I had my downs, but a lot of good things came my way. You know, It's it's all different for all of us. So, like you said, maybe if the only way is to pushing towards your goal and then when those things kind of pop up in the corner of your eye mm-hmm. or right in front of your face you know maybe you maybe you take it yeah sometimes you don't I, nick and i go back and talk about all the time on our journey so far about the times we just missed it you know <laughs> right like you know like there'll be a show or some opportunity somewhere and we said no to it and a lot of it comes down to prior commitment and trying to be of our word. You know, mm-hmm. I know, I remember specifically there was a small, smaller show we were going to do on the 4th of July that we had booked for 
like a year. It was just a thing we did every time, and we loved it, and they looked forward to having us. But we had the opportunity to open for a really big band in Colorado. And we were torn, just not sleeping, sweating, trying to decide, Yeah, do we further our career and push towards our goals by jumping on this kind of this little rocket that's going by right or do we do right by all these people in this small town that know and love us and we love them you know just a middle of nowhere you know and we decided not to do that show because we thought not to do the open open for the band or not to do the we didn't small short yeah (laughs) i should have clarified not to not to open not to cancel yeah so it was pretty crazy i mean for us it felt really good and i still think about it sometimes i think i wonder what would be but then again i look at where we're at and um as far as meeting our goals and feeling some form of success and that's when i kind of start to wonder if you keep plugging, is it going to happen? Whether you take, I sometimes see luck along your journey as sort of like these boost strips, you know, like you guys played Mario Kart, right? Yeah. And you like go over the arrow thing on the <laughs> yeah. track and yeah. it would shoot you ahead or whatever, or the mushrooms. Um, I kind of see that if that's, if luck exists, I think it's those things. Luck is like when you open for that big band in Colorado, you know, Mm. not really, but it might take you further. But guess what? A lot of character was built and a lot of good things happened by us playing that, that show that we stuck to. And it kind of ingrained in us this idea of like, we don't want to sacrifice our reputation and our, for our own gain necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it would have that probably would have been a bad look, right, to the people that are there. Um, and I feel like your industry, the music industry, is so much about connections and reputation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a slippery slope to start deciding, well, this is a better opportunity, so I'm just going to bail on this you know, prior commitment. Yeah. These people that were excited to see me, um, I don't know, that would have been a, a, tough, a tough decision. Man, it yeah, was. It was try- tough. Try putting two knuckleheads in one hotel room, sweating, trying to arguing with each other. And, you know, I think we both knew all along what we needed to do, but we, we definitely saw the other side of it. You know, we were. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna I think when it comes to those moments and you think about luck, like, I, I'm not sure that I believe in luck. Um, I think it's a good figure of speech, you know, saying that you got lucky. Um, I think it could mean you were in the right place at the right time. Or you put in a lot of work and finally somebody recognized it. Or you played a show and there was one person there that decided to go out that night to that show and they decided to write an article and, you know, publish it in this well-known publication. Or, you know, like there's so many things that happen. Um, You know, I just think about movies I've watched where you follow each individual character and they're each on their own journey in that movie, but they all kind of intersect at some point. Yeah. And if they hadn't done those things on their own journey, then they wouldn't have intersected in the way that they did. And I'm not sure if that's maybe more fate 
or, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. Um, but I think work ethic goes a long ways. Relationships go a long ways. Um, and just busting your ass, I think is Mm. a huge part of moving forward and, um, trying to catch those, I guess you could call them breaks. Yeah. Trying to catch those breaks where, you know, like you, you hear people say, um, man, you know, I hope you catch that break or like you guys just need, you need to catch a break. You need to get that big break or that it's only going to take that one thing. Right. And I disagree because I think it's a lot of little breaks. It's a lot of little things that really play into where you're going. Mm. Um, and without those little things, I don't think that, you know, without playing the shows to Jake, you know how it is. Like we were just talking about this the other night when we were in Omaha and we're playing this show, you know, um, and there's six people there mm. and you're playing that show. And at the time you're like, why, why are we doing why this? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. But you never know, like you never know what one of those people might be going through or how you might Mm -hmm. stay connected or, you know, what they might do for you, what you might do for them, who they might tell, they might go and tell their friends about, you know, a song and it might help them or, or, you know, I'm just kind of thinking devil's advocate here to what you guys said, but I think there's so many little things that play a role in what luck could be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say, I think I agree. Like, I think I'm I'm on the same page that to me it just seems like um effort and work are one half of the equation and then actually I think that goals and dreams are part of the the other half of the equation because there are so many people that work that just bust ass in jobs, you know, but they never move up because they there are people that are perfectly uh fine with hitting a certain level and working really hard um, and just satisfied there, you know, and that's great. But, you know, I don't think that you guys would catch any breaks in the music industry if you just spent all your time sitting around writing songs and then talking about like how you want to be a rock star. You know, you have to, you have to put your nose to the grindstone and get out there and um, start somewhere. You know, you have to play for six people before you can play for 60,000 people. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you. And I just, I just feel that like the effort and the work and then uh, the direction that goals and dreams can get, give you are what lead you to all the smaller little breaks, um, Mm -hmm. momentum and, um, trajectory in your life. Yeah. I think you got to kind of redefine luck and say, it's not like just a magic star that shoots. It's, Wait, what? Just a chance. It's a chance. <laughs> yeah. You know? it's, yes. a, it's a chance that you take. And for me, that's what it is. But I, I guess then to play devil's advocate after everything we just said, you know, how do you, what do you put like an overnight sensation on YouTube that hasn't played all those shows to all those small crowds? And, you know, is, I guess you could say, you know, there's there's kind of those two sorts of people, those people that didn't have to study and just rocked the test. 
Yeah. And then those people that put it in every night and still, you know, mm. well, that finally got talent. that day. Well, that's the thing is I think when it comes to our goals and the way that we've moved is we've always kind of been the I got to study every night, all night kind of people. And I don't think Nick and I... Man, if we would have tried to make that YouTube video just capture this phenomenon when we first started playing, you and I would probably not be doing music for a living right now. You know? We'll be doing uh, maybe music that we're not really feeling genuine about. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I just don't think that would have happened for us. You know, I don't want to say anything bad, bad about ourselves. I'm not downplaying us. I'm just saying we kind of became, we have tried to constantly and will continually try to perfect what we do whereas right. we weren't just the the kind of person who just had that magic thing right from the beginning i think we kind of fought and scratched for that meat you know what i mean like we we definitely have clawed our way to where we are in in the beginning especially and then you know then it was a series as we got better and we got more refined and we felt like we were reaching goals, you know. Like I remember a big goal for us was to have a van mm. by 2018. And so we got one and we made it happen. I mean, we, I feel like we just pushed so hard for that to finally be a thing. And and it was amazing. And it for us, you know, that wasn't the end goal. That was just a carrier for now our next right. goal. And it, I feel, I kind of feel bad sometimes for the overnight sensation that they'll never really know. You know, it's like Justin Bieber said, you don't want to not know who your friends are like this. You know, mm -hmm. you don't want to know who you can't trust like this. Mm -hmm. And I think our relationship, the three of us, um, Nick and I, especially, we go way back, like back since I was born. Um, <laughs> that but, long. I've pretty huh? much known you your whole life. <laughs> You know, I can trust him because I've seen him straight up make a decision just for him. And he's seen me do that also. And we've worked on each other over those things and our selfishness and our and our pride. And mm. um and I, I would say that more than anything has put us where we are. But you know, I, I think Jake, you know, if you look at work I guess even if you went back to college or like your internship, you, you know, you just saw that person that was like in the race that was just sort of like, seemed like they were effortlessly pulling ahead as you're like just busting everything you've got in order to, to keep pace or yeah. to, to catch them. Did you uh, have anyone like that or were you the fast kid? I think, you know, not to sound <laughs> condescending, but I think that was me in a lot of ways. Um, yep. Because I was never one of the, one of the people that would really talk to my cohort about how much, how hard I was working. You know, the, the two or three friends that I was really close to in college knew, um, based on the fact that we studied till like 3am together all the time <laughs> and all this, but I wasn't the one like making it well known that I was putting in all this work. I've just never really been that way. So maybe to other people it would seem effortless. Um, but I, it is interesting. Like I have had a lot of people tell me that the job that I have 
um, now, or even just the internship that I got back then, that I was lucky. They were they would say, "Man, I, you're so lucky to have you know get your dream job." Like the the spot that I'm in right now, when I was in college, was my my dream job. Like I could honestly say that is true. So. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people tell me, you're super lucky. Like, I wish I was as lucky as you, whatever. And it severely offended me to hear people say that. (laughs) And I think this is when I started to develop this distaste for people's view on luck. Because to me, that just cheapened all of the work that I did. For them to just say, you got so lucky to have gotten that. Well, I actually sacrificed a lot and I actually worked really, really hard. And, you know, I didn't get to do, I didn't go out with my friends as much as some of these other people did, or I, you know, chose to do these extracurricular things instead of, um, you know, going to spring break trips that people do in college, you know, I didn't do any of that. And so for someone just to say, wow, you're really lucky, man, you got dealt some really good cards. Um, you know, in some ways, maybe that's true, but I also, I didn't just like sit in my basement and then one day get a call about, oh, hey, by the way, we think we're going to hire you. Is that cool? It's like, no, like (laughs) I actively pursued this one uh, opportunity and I I just can't accept that as luck. You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm arrogant and maybe I, I want to be able to hang my hat on my efforts too much, but, and I know that the people that have told me those things, they don't mean it in a place of, you know, wow, you don't deserve this, <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> but, I, but I just, for some reason, that phrase, I have these kind of phrases yeah. in my life that just piss me off for no reason, even though I know the intention yeah. behind them is good. You um, hang on to them right but back I, here. I always just really choose to say I'm really fortunate. And I think, I think that is true. I don't consider myself lucky. I consider myself really, really fortunate because to me, Mm -hmm. luck is just like this blind happenstance that just kind of happened. But fortune um, is maybe a little bit more more general. Like I am very fortunate to have the things that I have, but maybe the luck is that I was born into, you know, the circumstances that I was. That's like really the only probability-based thing (laughs) that I can attribute anything that I have to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like they almost feel like in their eyes that you've arrived, you know, where you might feel like you're never going to arrive. And some people, or maybe we do that to other people when we see somebody who has a stadium tour, like, oh man, they made it. Well, what is that? What is making it? What? Right. Do you ever arrive? I I don't think you do. I don't think I do. I think you just get to the next stage. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. This is another thing. I don't think I'm personally next. capable of arriving anywhere because I'm never, well, I'm never satisfied. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say if that was the case, then your job would be your house, right? So that yeah. you'd be where you're at right now. This was your dream job and you're in that place where, okay, so now you have it. So what's next? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're, I mean, I'm that way all the time. We played this show. Now oh, I want to play this venue or we made this record. Now I want to make this record. Right. It's like, I don't know if it's just innate, like in all of our DNA as human beings to never be content. But I do think part of me is drawn to tension and to that never, uh, feeling like stuff's never just going to be good enough. Mm. And I don't mean that in a way that it's not good. It's just, 
I'm always striving for the next thing. Mm-hmm. It can be dangerous, I think though. It's very, yeah. You could, you could use that, though. I think they talk about how there's runners or racers and how the guys at an actual race who are competing with everybody use those other runners in order to push themselves. And I think a lot of times the three of us end up talking about, I mean, on the podcast and off the podcast about how we are frustrated sometimes with the success of others. <laughs> and it, it sounds like it sounds what where he do deserve that. He's so yeah, lucky, dude. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not that. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's doing well, as long as you're not just a complete ass, then I'm happy for you. But yeah, well, musicians think, have this chip too. You know? I know we've talked about that before, but I, I use it for sure. And I, Honestly, you know, it comes from brotherhood too and even having a friend that you can compete with. But, you know, Nick and I were always the kind of, if we played basketball together, just one-on-one or whatever, I mean, it wasn't fun. We would, we were kicking the crap out of each other, you know? And if we right. were like on dirt bikes, we were like running into each other. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like, we we're always trying to like take each other down in right. a way and and I think it kind of helped us like toughen mm. up a little bit. And, um, I mean, I know this is a little bit of a deviant, but do you feel like, um, with, uh, Sarah, Jake, do you feel like you guys are competitive that, you know, when you're talking about goals and stuff in her life and yours, do you kind of challenge each other? Like you can do better than this. Keep going. I don't think that we have ever been competitive with each other. Um, and that might be a function of sh- her being my sister. I think if I, if she was my brother, like I'm very competitive by nature, but I think that's kind of a brother thing. Like the brother sister dynamic is a little bit different. Um, I know there's some cases where that's not true, but for us anyway, I don't, I don't feel that we're competitive with each other, but we definitely push each other. Um, like she comes to me with a lot of ideas for her business that she is running. Um, and I will challenge her on things and ask her like, just make her think through if it's the best decision. Um, and I've told her a few times, uh, like, I think you're selling yourself short here or whatever, but I don't think that's from a place of competition. And, um, Mm. I don't know. She's done things like that for me where she feels like I've maybe settled or, um, encourages me to keep going when I feel like I'm done <laughs> and, and I'm obviously not, but, uh, yeah. yeah. You can hear that on your guys's podcast though, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. You can hear that you guys are direct with each other, but I think you do it in a way that comes across a little bit sweeter. And maybe that is the benefit of brother, sister. Yeah. That's like exactly brother, what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick and I definitely like kill each other. If you're a brother, brother we listen to you guys and just envy that sweetness that you have are they so nice to each other yeah well because we we don't spend as much time together as you guys do (laughs) true (laughs) but we've said man we really need to work on the way we talk to each other (laughs) we've gotten a lot better though you gotta admit well she and i I got a lot better too like we for everyone who's listening who doesn't know leaving home my sister and i have a podcast called relatively relatable and we just did an episode about uh how badly we used to fight and it, it used to oh, get, wow. it used to get kind of, most of them were like just kind of brotherly, sisterly qualms, but there was a few times where she and I really butt heads and 
it was not pretty for a while. Like when we, when she moved out, that's when we actually became friends. And I think it was like a absence is the heart makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. But I was just going to yeah. say that we also, you know, became adults at one point and stopped being teenagers. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. I think Nick, there's some to excuse? that though. I don't know. We haven't grown up yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I think once you leave home, I think there is a change in the dynamic for sure. Um, Cause then you have more of a choice rather than, mm. you know, you're sitting next to the, to your sibling at dinner every night. Right. Or, uh, trying to give them a ride to school, but one of them always sleeps in late and wants to watch VH1 top 20 countdown until school starts. Mm, I wonder who that was. Just to, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. All right, guys. Well, that was uh, hour 12. No way. Yeah. Time flies wow. when you're having fun. I know that we could keep going, but um, I don't know if people want to listen to us talk for more than an hour at a time. So. <laughs> I think sometime we should just do like a six-hour podcast. Hey, just, that's fine with me, man. We'll just keep the mic on. Just do your normal things throughout the day. <laughs> cooking lunch. 24-hour pod. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever been done before. We might be uh, trailblazers. Yes, but. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to another hour plus of us talk about a number of things this episode that was that was kind of fun um yeah be sure to subscribe rate comment if you haven't already you can hit us up on instagram at similar vein podcast um, we love hearing from you guys we try to pose kind of fun and interesting questions on our stories and you guys are always good about giving us responses so keep that up um tell a friend about us if you think there's someone that might enjoy these conversations and we'll see you guys next week later see y'all Thank you.